0: Back to Group Answers, special SBC episode where we are live. I'm Brian Daniel, along with Chris Surratt. Chris, I I I know I did it again. I did it again.
1: (laughs) We Brian keeps saying that we're live. We are live. But every week we're live. We're usually live in a studio. This week we're live in an exhibition hall. Well,
0: I grew up listening to Brent Musburger. That's what's going on. I just anytime I kind of get go into this mode in radio, I want to say coming at you live. (laughs) Coming at you from Dallas, (laughs) Texas at SBC eighteen hashtag. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> hashtag SBC18. Yes. Or hashtag SBCAM18. Which is it?
0: Well, now's as good a time as any. Our guest, Chris, uh, Chris Wayne, who is the managing editor, general editor. Maybe? I am the
2: director of Replicate Ministries. Even better. Even better. Executive oh. director, if you want to get, like, Top level, you know, and what I'm we saying? do
0: because because we have agreed. Titles, matter. Titles, <laughs> matter. <laughs> titles matter <'cause laughs> if titles don't inflate what you do, what good are they? That, that's exactly. We exactly. Yeah, we figured
2: out, uh, <laughs> I did find out the director does the same thing as the executive director. Just for the record, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brian and I are never going <laughs> to the Same person, right? Education or anything like that. So it's got to be titles. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. As
2: many as you can get as often as you can get them. yes,
1: And then put them on a card. A a a
2: desk, a shirt, a tattoo if needed. So tell us about Replicate and your role there. Replicate is a ministry that is designed to equip churches to make disciples. So uh, we partner with Lifeway, for instance, uh, you're very familiar with, obviously. Um, And and so what we do is we try to help churches implement disciple-making movements, show them how uh, we look at the life of Christ, how he discipled the 12, the 120, and then what What's missing for most churches, we believe, is that group of three to five, Peter, James, and John. And in that scenario, high accountability, high multiplication. Those two things aren't happening in most areas of the church. So our whole ministry is focused on helping churches implement that type of mindset and really roll out a ministry where they can feel like they have high accountability happening in the lives of their people and a lot of multiplication happening that doesn't typically happen in other groups or other areas of the church. So uh, we have resources, we do training, we have events, but it's all focused really on that element of making disciples in the local church.
0: Replicate founded by Pastor Robbie Galdi, who is That's now right. pastor at Long Hollow. The church at Long Hollow, Long Hollow Long, church, Long, Long, Hollow, Long Hollow Baptist, Baptist church. church. Okay. All right. That's it. Now, were and
1: you with Replicate before uh, Long Hollow? Have you been there for a while? I was
2: not. I was at Lifeway uh, before I went to Replicate, okay. and uh, when Pastor Robbie came to Long Hollow, he, he knew that this ministry to get to the, the next place that it needed to be uh, needed a little bit of leadership so he asked if I was interested in that and I said no but I, uh, I'd love to meet with him just because he's my pastor <laughs> you know I attended the church and I met with him and uh, you know a couple sentences in I was sold and, and here I
0: am working with replicate now so a few years now cool. And Chris did, I think, just about every job at Lifeway uh,
2: (laughs) prior to going to Replicate. I've had as many offices and job titles at Lifeway as I've had anywhere else combined in my, you know, thirty years of employable history.
1: Well, now they've done away with offices. Oh, really? (laughs) Just moved cubicles.
2: Just the right time.
1: You just moved cubicles.
0: (laughs) That's true.
1: So, Chris Robbie uh, Robbie
0: is a is is a regular guest on the show. He's been with us at least twice, and I think three times. Um, And uh, your relationship both as, as a member in good standing at Long Hollow but also in your role at Replicate, you work really closely with Robbie who uh, I guess was it a year ago was assigned leadership of the of the disciple making task force at right. the Southern Baptist Convention, right?
2: Yes, yeah, and, and he's been working with a team of eight pastors and, uh, at different levels. Um, Eric Geiger's actually on that task force as well. He was a pastor uh, at a church at the time, as well as working at Lifeway. And we've got uh, guys who are serving in all capacities, different types of churches, different uh, different areas of church. You know, most of the churches I work with typically have been in the south or the, or the southeast um, and, and so we've got guys that are uh, Maryland. We've got guys that are definitely from around here, but smaller churches, urban churches, uh, Hispanic churches. So the reason I mentioned that is because this disciple making task force has really tried to say, OK, it's not just about this one demographic or this one type of church. But how do we look at all of our churches and all the people we're trying to reach and really identify how we can be better at making disciples in the local church. And so he spent a year with that and they realized in that that time that was not enough time to really say, here's where we need to go. So we took an additional year and in that time reached out to uh, hundreds of churches to connect with them and ask those questions. How is disciple making working in your church? What struggles are you having? Um, and, and again, in all those different venues and different demographics of church. And so we've come up with a, a few recommendations that we're excited about based on the data provided by LifeWay researchers has been staggering Um, and some of the information. One statistic I can give you, we have not yet uh, revealed it yet, but I want you guys to hear it because it's just a rattling number. Um, 7.1 million people have been baptized in the last 20 years in Southern Baptist churches. So the collective of Southern Baptist churches, as reported through the uh, annual report, essentially have baptized 7.1 million people. In that same time, our church attendance, weekly worship average attendance, has not changed. So in 20 years, we have in essence lost 7 million people. Uh, Even if you add in the uh, mortality rate, it's still about 6 million people. So we could have doubled our uh, convention ultimately our churches grown our churches we believe if we've been more focused on the disciple making side of you know we have evangelism and then we have discipleship both of those things we feel fall under the umbrella of disciple making Uh, we've been good at evangelism i think seven million is an awesome number we can always do better and we want to do better but i think we have have not done as well at focusing on discipling the people that, uh, that God has brought to our churches. And, and so that's why we are here. So how do we move forward? Our recommendations will speak to that. We've got a website, 80 by 20.org, 80 by 20.org. And, and that has the recommendations, resources for each of those recommendations. So instead of saying, do this, we're saying, do this. And here's some, some things that can help you with that. And, and really you guys know, working life Lifeway, the key element is Bible engagement. Mm-hmm. Bible engagement impacts every other spiritual discipline. And so we want to help churches and equip them to drive their people to be more engaged with the Word of God, and that, we believe, will help uh, shore up that number. So if we baptize seven more million people or more in the next 20 years, but also disciple them and help them engage God's Word, we think that number will shift and and, and be a positive.
1: And do you feel like that uh, Bible engagement is best done in a group setting? Is it individual? Is it group? Is it both?
2: I think it has to be both you know we want to read the word ourselves but where we see the accountability is in a group obviously i can tell you i'm reading my bible every day you can tell me you're reading your bible every day reading is one thing applying is a whole another step and so for us it's that accountability of someone asking me how are you living out what you you read you know we can read all day long reading doesn't transform us Uh, living out what God's called to do, transform us through his his Holy Spirit in our life. So with Bible engagement, we're we're trying to get beyond just reading and to really live it out. And so I think it's both of those things. One, you do have to read it, obviously, and build in that discipline and, and figure out how to make that work. And there are plans for that. But it's also ensuring that you're helping people and holding them accountable to that. And that's where the discipleship mechanism is placed. That's why Jesus uh, met with 12, met with a three. And, and they con- he was constantly teaching them through that process. And that's what we want to see emulated in our
0: churches. So, Chris, you referenced, and I know just, just in... In our relationship was replicated with you and Robbie that you talk about d-groups a lot and just to, earlier in the conversation you reference the smaller group how do you right. guys reconcile group life in terms of what you I think it's what you guys call d-groups mm-hmm. there at the church yes. they can be called and I've heard them called a number right, of right. things as opposed to you know, a community group or a life group? And in terms of that functionality?
2: Right. So for us, we just, we, again, we look at the life of Jesus. He had spoken to the crowds a few times. You can see in the feeding of the 5,000, Sermon on the Mount, he's spoken to the, the, the masses. Um, but he, he spent a lot of time with what we could call the congregation or the 120, the 70 or 72, however you look at that. So you have that larger group uh, that he consistently spoke to, but then he had the 12. And so we would say that 12 is where the biblical community really happened. Um, And then you think of your own church. Where does community happen in your churches? Sunday mornings, typically in a worship setting, if that's when you meet, uh, you're sitting and you're listening, you're worshiping together. There's some community, but not real biblical community. So for us, that group is defined as just a group of people coming together, living out the one another's uh, together and studying God's word, sharing life with each other, fellowshipping, breaking bread together. That happens in that, that community level, that biblical community. So, you know, uh, we don't prescribe numbers, but generally it's 12, 20, whatever it is, something like that in a lot of churches. It's just Sunday school for most, you know, or small groups, whatever you call it. And then that smaller group, as you mentioned, the D group or discipleship group, uh, you can call it what you want, but the goal is to get with three to five men with men, women with women for the purpose of high accountability multiplication intentionally from the get go. So what's happening there is something a little different than what's happening in that larger group. And, and it's that accountability. I mean, think about it. You go into a group of 20 people, are you really going to share the deepest, darkest secrets of your heart, uh, be shaped and molded by God's word with the accountability? Probably not. And so that's why we feel like as we look at the life of Christ, how he discipled, we want to emulate that and have that smaller group. then of course, the fourth part of our pathway, which is kind of what I just mapped out, is missions and going outside of the church, living missionally, (laughs) sharing the gospel, living that life.
0: So it's Tuesday uh, of the convention that just started. And um, I think Robbie's report is tomorrow afternoon. So this show will air or be posted sometime later, sure. is there anything that you would care to share with us about what, uh, what we can expect from Robbie tomorrow?
2: Yeah, I think one just revealing that number that I, I think not many know up, know about that the 7 million, um, I think what he is really going to be calling us to do, and, and we all can agree I, I don't think there's anything that's shocking there, I think what is shocking a lot of times is that we have been okay with or, or just been unaware of how uh, maybe poorly we've done in the discipleship category. Um, we've been evangelizing, and I feel like I've been to SBC enough times to know that every year, rightly so, we, the, the clarion uh, uh, cry to evangelize, to share the gospel, which should be there. You know, that's not, we're not saying that that should not happen. We're simply saying that's one piece of the, of the uh, disciple-making metric. And so we, we want to lead people to Christ, but we don't want to then abandon them at that point. And no one wants to abandon them at that point. But it appears that as a church, maybe we are not as intentional in walking people from that step of baptism forward. So as Pastor Robbie would say all the time, baptism is not the finish line, it's the starting line. And I think that's what our churches already know if you talk to folks, but I think it's something that as a denomination we need to embrace. So I think with his report, he is really just going to attempt to call us to focus on that based on the statistics, which we know the numbers are what we report. So that's the best idea we have in talking about the 7.1 million that could be, but is not. I think that's the biggest piece that that is going to be unveiled. And then just talking through how do what do we do about that? You know, it's one thing to point to that, but what can we do about it? And we believe a focus on Bible engagement, uh, focusing on groups, that's going to be the key into continuing to be evangelistic, but then also leading people beyond baptism to living that life after Christ.
1: Yeah, th- I think it's important that we... Not separate evangelism and discipleship. That evangelism exactly. is a part of discipleship. Absolutely, it's it's a natural. I mean, it's it's the first step, obviously, but yeah, we can't just leave them there because I see statistics of evangelism discipleship. No, it's right. all one.
2: It is, absolutely. One you're absolutely right, and 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 that's why we believe. You know, when you talk about discipleship, the problem is a lot of people haven't defined the term. And, uh, and there are a lot of definitions for it. So when you talk discipleship, some people think you're talking about a class that meets on Sunday nights. Yeah. Uh, some people think you're talking about a 101, 201, 301 book set, whatever that looks like. We're talking about exactly what you just said, Chris. How do we lead people beyond, uh, I've trusted Christ, I have a new life in Christ, uh, I've been baptized. What is that next step? And all too often, pastor would say, our churches have left them as spiritual orphans. Um, and I think it's a powerful illustration because I think of my own life, if it weren't for my own personal intentionality of pursuing who I should be in Christ, you know, I might have been left just kind of floating and attending church and, and seeing what happened. And I think it's not that we don't want to disciple. It's that there's not a strong intentionality put on discipleship um, as much as evangelism, again, not to separate them. You're absolutely right. They, it's the same thing. It's just the beginning of the process and then the ongoing process together.
0: All right, let's take the opportunity for the Clarion Call. Uh, tell us about the 80 by 20 uh, 80 challenge. 80 by 20
2: challenge is... Uh, it will be in of,
0: place by the time this post?
2: That's right, yeah. So out of this report, uh, pastor is just going to call all Southern Baptist churches to, uh, to raise Bible engagement from its current state of 45%. Right now, 45% of people in our congregations, this is LifeWay Research, 45% of people in our congregations uh, read the Bible more than once a month. That means 55% of the people who are attending our churches, this isn't just Christians, these are people who attend our churches, uh, do not read their Bible more than one time a month. Uh, that's a pretty bad statistic. Uh, We use the term biblical illiteracy. We want to change that. So 80 by 20 is just saying by the year 2020, let's raise that number from 45% to 80%. It's a huge goal. Uh, It's a goal where you say there's no way we can do that. Well, we believe we've got a big God and we believe that even if we move the needle to 46%, that's a positive direction. So our hope is that churches can take these recommendations, take the tools that we've connected to them on the website, 80by20.org, connect that with their church and begin to get their people engaged in God's word, which will drive again all the all of these spiritual characteristics are, are pushed to the right when we see that we see uh, giving goes up we see that attendance goes up we see that spiritual growth moves in a positive direction as a result of bible engagement so that's why we're we're making that our number one focus and that's what 80 by 20 is all about uh, moving that to 80 percent by the year 2020 the end of the year 2020.
0: And so chris our role in that is uh is a release of a new testament version of foundations Foundations 260, which we're currently working with Replicate and Producing. So, uh, Chris, real quick, you referenced the the HEAR method, which is something we've incorporated in in our resources, but we discovered it and got permission to use it from the Foundations format. So, tell us real quick about that.
2: Yeah, so it's just an easy way to study the Bible. You know, you take this acronym, H-E-A-R, stands for highlight, explain, apply, and respond. So as we read our passage, you know, maybe it's a couple chapters today. uh, For instance, Isaiah 6, and I I come across, uh, I saw the Lord, and I think I saw the Lord's pretty strong. I want to highlight that the H and then explain what is Isaiah doing, where is he at, who is this written to, who's the author of this, why, who's he talking to, those kinds of things. So just a basic explanation. I'll jot that down. Then the apply, how does this apply to my life? And how does it apply to, to what God is doing in my life? How does it apply to any believer? So I might write that down. Uh, maybe when we recognize who God is and understand his glory, it, it does something in our heart and our life. Maybe that's my application. But then we wanna take it a step further and say, well, what am I gonna do about that? We can get all kinds of great insights all the time, but if we're not living it out and out, doing anything about it, it's really meaningless information for us. So how do I respond to that? It might be, I'm just gonna pray and ask God to remind me of his majesty daily. So I'll write that down. And I walk through those steps. So when we have our discipleship group and we're meeting, we're talking, and, I, and I'm sharing my HERE journal, I would literally do what I just did. Um, and, and then every, other guys in the group would question me. We talked through that. It's really just building each other up into how we're responding and living out in response to God's word. So the hear method is a simple method. We teach our kids. We do it, and, and anytime I'm reading the Word, I'm thinking, here's an area I want to highlight. Let me explain that, apply it, respond to it. And half of it's application, half of it's identifying what you're reading. But that's the method that's in foundations. The whole thing is built on that. It's doing those hear journals as you read. And like you said, it's just an easy tool, um, easy acronym. So you, you can remember, how do I hear from God, H-E-A-R. And, and so that's what it is. What
0: do you think? Does that sound like that That doesn't really require a leader necessarily, like the way we typically understand it? It just requires someone to just organize the group and be responsible for communication, right?
1: Yeah, just organize it, facilitate it, um, explain it a little bit, and you're off and running. Yeah,
0: uh, our thought is someone who's
2: a little bit further down the road uh, because there are times when you are explaining it and maybe you're thinking you're explaining it in a way that's not, you know, that might be heretical, for instance. Well, you want to help navigate that. And, uh, and so, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm glad you pointed that out, Brian. It's very easy. It's very simple. It's two believers reading God's Word, applying it, holding
0: each other accountable. And you get the Bible engagement. It's so just a easy, almost fail-safe way to get Bible engagement up. That's exactly yeah, that's right. Good. Well, so before we wrap up, uh, sure. tell us real quick about what you're excited about with Replicate, what you guys have going on.
2: Absolutely. With Replicate, we are equipping churches like never before. We've got a lot of folks that we've networked with in our cohorts. And uh, we launch a new cohort, which our cohort is basically pastors, Uh, women's ministry directors and student pastors, three different cohorts that we have, uh, up to about 10 leaders each. And we walk with them for a year through the process of mapping out and investing and implementing a discipleship strategy in their church, in their women's ministry, in their student ministry. And our team just walks with them through that. So you know, if you go to our website, replicate.org slash cohort, all the information is there. And then we have an event twice a year called the Discipleship Blueprints, where our team uh, talks about how you can implement discipleship in your church what we call the discipleship pathway uh, for a way that's contextual to you um, from, from a team that's done it for several years in multiple church environments, in smaller churches, larger churches, mega churches. And so that, again, is at replicate.org slash blueprint.
0: Chris, that's going to wrap it up for this special SBC edition. This
1: is the last one, too. Yeah, and it. you
0: can, the energy is, you know, it's you can boring. feel it. You know, you can cut it with a well, knife. Ed
1: sets are standing about 15 feet behind you. Oh, so boy, I think you that's better wrap really it up. It is. Oh, we ought to get Ed wrap over it up. Here.
0: Yeah, it will come. <laughs> and the beard. If I call him, <laughs> and I'll and come. The beard. I'll text him real quick. Yeah, well, no, he'll leave his beard over there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll tell him his beard's not invited. Are you saying he has beard so Is that what you're saying? That's a beard free zone, pretty much. It's one of the few here. <laughs> anyway, hey, thanks for your time. I know you got a lot going on over at the Replicate booth. Uh, Absolutely, we're starting to get people here. People are gathering around. There's a, you know, did you guys have you seen the little bitty dog walking around? Did you guys I see that not. little about this big? What? Really? Yeah. I didn't know pets were allowed. I would have brought mine. Well, well, I think it's a. Uh, don't they call them like uh, comfort? Comfort Pets. Maybe okay, yeah. Like, uh, it's yeah. Uh,
2: that, something like that. Did you can uh, to think animals. Yes, animal. Yes, yeah, animal. Uh, yes. yeah. yeah that's yes. a term.
0: So yeah. anyway, hey, thanks for being with you us. Bet. And uh, that's going to do it for this special edition. Thank you for being with us, and we look forward to being with you again next time.